Mafia. What is going on, Mafia? Welcome. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller, and you can always find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee, on the drive to work, at the gym with your AirPods in, or now live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, let me just say one more time, once again, welcome. It is so good to have you. Do me a favor, first off the top, wherever you're listening to me, if you can see me, if you can hear me, whatever is going on, however you're taking in this show at the moment, do me a favor, take just a second to like. Uh, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on Periscope, whether you're on YouTube, whether you are listening on a podcast platform such as, I don't know, Megaphone, Transistor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever it is, Spotify, like this podcast. Also, do me the favor of subscribing, especially if you are on YouTube. Please do me the favor of subscribing. But it is so good to have you guys with me. Let me just say one more time, welcome into the show. Uh, once again, my name is Joe Miller, and uh, this show is brought to you by The Market Dominator, and I talk about The Market Dominator often, and you guys ask me once in a while, who is who is The Market Dominator, Joe? Like, Joe, who is this 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 Market Dominator guy you talk about? And and The Market Dominator is none other than my great friend, John Spazcheck, and John is a real estate broker uh, with Keller Williams, and uh, John is not only highly decorated and highly awarded as one of the best uh, real estate brokers in Western New York, but he is also working for the largest real estate agency in the world, Keller Williams. And John is basically, he. if I had to tout somebody's horn, it would be John's. And I would tell you this about John. There's nobody better. I've used John. Most of my friends and family have used John uh, to buy out homes, to sell homes. If you're looking to purchase a home, if you're looking to sell a home, John is a life transition specialist. The last thing you want to do in this market right now with it going crazy like it is, is to try to sell it by yourself. Don't go uh, for sale by owner. Uh, there's a lot of statistics as into why, but you want to call John. Do me the favor of calling John. You can reach him on his cell. His personal cell is 716-570-3298. That number again, 570-3298. You can also email him at youreliteBroker at gmail.com. And one last thing, John is also Bill's Mafia. You can find him on Twitter at youreliteBroker. With that, everything is out of the way as far as the business side of things go. It's just so good to have you guys here with me. Um, whether you're a first-time listener, long-time listener, been with me since the beginning, since uh, October 2019, or you just discovered me in the show uh, one last time, let me just say welcome. Today, got a great show for you. Uh, Mookie Hawkins, Buffalo Bills beat reporter from WUFO Sports 1080. Uh, Mookie is going to be on the show in about 11 minutes. We're going to talk uh, uh, the age-old discussion of drafting need versus BPA, as especially what the Bills are going to do at number 30 with their pick. The draft is April 29th. couple quick things. The Bills have done and, and put together a solid roster already for 2021. They've returned 21 of 22 starters with a notable upgrade at, at, at one position, at the wide receiver position, John Brown being the only guy that's gone, replaced with Emmanuel Sanders. There are indeed holes on this team, but none of them are what we would consider at this point crippling, right? The draft, however, the draft, and we've talked about it on this show, we've talked about it on the Humpty Hotline, the draft is a legitimate crapshoot. It's a gamble. Rarely is a guy a can't-miss prospect unless his name was Peyton Manning or probably Andrew Luck. In fact, we could probably go through a litany of names 
uh, as it pertains to guys that didn't pan out. Heisman Trophy winners, running backs, you name it, quarterbacks, uh, wide receivers that just never worked out. Uh, so it is, by for all intents and purposes, a complete and utter gamble. It's a crapshoot. I want to real quick just preface what Mookie and I are going to talk about uh, basically with just, you know, the definitions of what these are. So we're, we're talking best player available in the draft, right, versus drafting for need. Best player available versus drafting for, for need. Now, if you know what this means, do me a favor, just hang on for a minute. But if you know what BPA, best player available, means and drafting for need means, just stick around for a second. Let me like like humor me for a moment while I just explain this to some people that might not know what that means. Best player available, just that. You've got a board, right? So there's a draft board. The draft board is set up by scouts of whom you employ. Hopefully you trust these guys. More than likely they've been employed for you or, or by you for some time or they've been, been employed by somebody else. They spend years scouting players. The guys that are getting drafted in April have been scouted for years now. They spend months and months and months setting up this draft board. If you play fantasy football, it's a lot like that. It's a lot, it's a lot like cheat sheets, right? They've got a top 30 at each position, quarterbacks, top 30. They got a, you know, running backs, top 30, wide receiver, linebacker, cornerback, top 30. And then they've probably got a top 200 to 300 players totally. Both in athletic measurements as well as maturity, more than likely fit, culture fit, stuff like that. The pros to drafting best player available are simple. You legit get the best player left, hopefully, on the board. As your team, your scouts, as your people see it, you've got the best guy left. Which means if you're drafting 15th and the number seven guy is left, you're taking number seven, the seventh best guy on your entire board. If you're drafting 15 and the last guy left or the next guy left is number 15, it seems to me like... You've got the same board everybody else has. Legit, you get the best player left per the board that's out there. It literally takes some pressure out of it. Like you're not, you know, as prone to make mistakes. Number one, you're not going to reach. That's the biggest mistake that teams make. They reach for players. So they're drafting 15, right? And the next guy on, on their list is like, or the guy that they need is like ranked on their list on their board at 30 and they go get the guy way too early we've seen the Raiders do this a lot hopefully it avoids falling in love with a player if everybody's on board inside of your room that we're going to draft the best player available hopefully everybody's on board nope that's what we're doing forget it we're not we're not going to fall in love with the guy we're not going to reach we're not going to worry about need whoever's on the board whoever we're going to scratch them off as they go whoever's left we're taking we're talking about pros of, of best player available on the Overreaction Sports Podcast. Depending on the year, it may be a perfect perfect depth to development strategy. If you consider the Bills in 2020, 2021. And what I mean by that is like the Bills don't have a glaring need anywhere, but they're they've got some depth issues in places in certain positions. And for them to take the best player, they could end up with a cornerback, they could end up with a linebacker, they could end up with a defensive lineman, they could end up with a defensive end, they could end up with a running back. And it's kind of a perfect depth to development strategy for the Bills because their, their their roster is very filled out. Finally, the biggest pro for me as it, 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 it kind of rolls out is you're going to gain the trust of your scouts in your front office because they know that the, the work that they're going to put in means something to you. The work that they spend, the, the, the moments that they spend away from their family scouting guys for years, if you go best player available, that means that what they tell you matters to you. 
as far as cons go, there's not a whole lot. The biggest one is you may draft the best guy left and he's at a position where you're stacked. So if we're going to put this into some sort of like a, a situation we understand right now, the Buffalo Bills are stacked at wide receiver, stacked at wide receiver. So imagine a scenario where the Bills are going best player available. Number 30 rolls around. The best player on their board is a wide receiver. They take a wide receiver. We're all going to be a little bit shocked. <laughs> and I don't know that how well that's going to serve them. Now, obviously, they've got a couple guys that are a little bit older when you consider Cole Beasley and obviously Emmanuel Sanders. And they've got some guys in the tank still, too. I mean, Gabriel Davis is young. D- Stephon Diggs isn't old, but he's not young. But they've got a guy we haven't even seen before in Isaiah Hodgins. So the Buffalo Bills go out and they take a wide receiver, and it's like, uh, what are we doing here, fellas? Clearly, if if the number seven guy on their board is a quarterback and the Bills are drafting at 30, and that guy is still there, the Bills are going to jump up and take the number seven guy on their board, a quarterback, with Josh Allen and Mitchell Drabisky behind him. Real quick, and I'm going to have Mookie coming up here in a minute. Uh, Mookie is in the green room at about four minutes. I'm just going to talk about needs real quick. Needs meaning you're drafting for just that. You're drafting for the needs of the team. You've done all the same work, all the same scouts, all the same boards, right? But basically, you're going to say to hell with that because hypothetically speaking, we don't we don't have a starting. So this isn't real world. Hypothetically, we don't have a we don't have a starting right tackle right now, and just say we're picking 15. So we're we're, we're the, the number 15 pick. The top four tackles are gone. They're off the board. And the next one we have on our board is ranked 35. He's the 35th best player on the board. And meanwhile, a franchise cornerback is sitting there who we have ranked fifth overall. But we have two decent cornerbacks already. We're not going to take a cornerback because we have a need at right tackle. So we're going to reach. We can't risk waiting. Somebody else might take him. We can't risk dropping back. Somebody else might take him. We probably have forced ourselves to fall in love with this player, and then we do the one thing we don't want to do, which is reach. Pros real quick, and I'm going to bring Mookie on. You drafted a player. He's talented? Probably. More than likely, any guy you draft is going to be talented, even if you reached for this guy. Drafting for need, drafting best player available. Again, it's a gamble. It's a crapshoot. This is where the cons line up. You wasted serious draft capital on a player you probably could have taken later. You lost out on probably several players who, according to your own scouts and board, are better than the guy you took. And you may have lost the trust of your scouts who are probably sitting there going, why are we even here? Why am I spending all this time away from my family if you're not going to take the words that I give you, what I say about these players? In the end, it needs to probably be an amalgamation of the two. Allow your needs to set up your board more in a way of who not to take versus who you must take to mitigate risk and reaching horribly for a player you know wisdom and history probably seems to tell us that drafting the number 19 guy on our board at bpa would be better than drafting the number 17 guy if we have a pro bowler in that position if that kind of makes sense best case which is rarely the case unless you are drafting top three the best player available is the biggest need on your team. So that is just a quick rundown. But right now, what I want to do is I want to bring in my guy. The reason that everybody's watching me right now, the uh, none none other than Mookie Hawkins. Mookie, how are you doing tonight? What's going on, man? Uh, I'm uh, loving life. I just gave a little bit of a, a little bit of an educational lesson there. I had to talk fast because I had a bunch of content, but I wanted to get you on as quick as possible. 
uh, but ladies and gentlemen, you are now hearing the voice of uh, Mookie Hawkins. He is the Bills beat reporter for WUFO Sports 1080. And the reality is, Mook, and you and I have talked about this before, like everyone loves you. Like the fans love you. The players love you. The coaches love you. Everybody loves you. And there's various reasons, whether it's just kind of the chill factor that you bring. Like people like they just kind of relax when you ask them questions or it's the content of the questions as a fan. I thoroughly just enjoy just the content of what you ask. Like you don't ask fluff questions when you're in the media room, which to me is great. So the question I have for you is this. Tell us a little bit about Mookie. How did you learn so much about football? What are your experiences? Like, why do you know more than the average guy? Me. Why do you know more than us? I don't know. You know why. Why? No, I mean, I just love football. You know, I've been, I've been, I fell in love with the game, you know, at six, seven years old. Mm. Uh, I, I, I played, you know, started off playing at seven and, you know, that's just all I know, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it kind of, you know, it gave me my sanctuary. You know what I mean? No matter oh, nice. what, you know, go play football. It just took my mind off of everything. You know, no matter what was going on, you know, football was always giving me that outlet to, you know, just enjoy my true self and, and, and things that I love to do. Football brought that out of me. So that's something I continued on with it. Um, you know, I went to school, uh, got my, uh, you know, Coaching degree, liberal arts nice. and science, visit coaching. I uh, have another uh, sports marketing and management, and wow. you know, and here we are. Um, but I, I, I did play a little bit, and you know, and I came back home. You know, I was coaching little league. You know, I was coaching little league in high school. You know, <laughs> so right, I was coaching little league in high school. Mookie bringing the resume tonight. Yeah, I was coaching little league in high school. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just letting love you know. It. You asked the question. I right? love it. I gotta give it to you. Dude, I, I promise you, Mookie, people are literally out there going, why does this guy ask these questions and nobody else asks questions like him? Like, look, do you, this is what people want to know. Like, how do you know this stuff? Coaching in high school, like, that's crazy, dude. Keep going. Give us yeah, I more. Coach, I coach little league. I, I, I coach little league. I coach. Right now, I'm currently coaching high school. And we're, we're playing right now. I coach at Current Noah here. Up in time to wander. Um, you know, we won a championship a couple of years ago and nice. eons ago I won like six straight and you know, it's just, you know, I, I you know, it's just that deal. But uh, I've been coaching for a long time, man. And nice. you know, when you coach and hey, now when you're in, you know, journalism and you're in that world, it's kind of like, well, I already speak these guys' language. Right. I'm already coming in as, you know. I, I put myself in McDermott's shoes, even I'm nowhere near that level, but right. I put it in his shoes and, and what would he, what, 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 what's going on in his mind? Like, even with the players, like what's going on in his mind? Like when I asked Isaiah McKenzie that question, you know what I mean? It was like, like he was waiting for somebody to say that. Dude. You know so saying? you got to back up. So give context because there's people listening, whether they're, they're watching right now live or they're listening this week that don't know what you're talking. This is phenomenal. This moment was amazing. So give it like what set the question up. Give us his answer. What happened? Well, I, I went first in the presser and, you know, nine, you know, you know, you only, you only shoot, you know, get your, you know, couple questions off because you want to be courteous to everyone else in the room. So right, you know, right. I got another crack at it. I had three questions. Normally, I like to have my questions prepared because if you don't go first, then someone may ask that question. Right, right. But I like to be a little unique in areas where I know that nobody's not going to ask this question. For sure. And so I had that one stored and they were kind of leading up to that. But it was like at the end of the day, everybody is coming back. And we know that Isaiah McKenzie could have got more money. And I'm quite sure that he did get offered more money in Chicago and Arizona, those other places. But do you you sacrifice that for continuity and familiarity 
And sometimes that do be more valuable than money. So I had mm. to ask, you know, Isaiah that question. And mm. once he said that, then, you know, here we go with the, you know, hey, I will play here for candy. Candy. You know, so <laughs> I will play here for candy. And that, that's how that came out. Um, you know, even with the, the ranch and the blue cheese thing. Like, yep, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's a simple answer to the question to ask those guys. Other than football, like, okay, we in Buffalo. We know all of Buffalo. Right, right, right. Chicken wings. Steak, right. You know, so <laughs> Dude, I knew he was going to say ranch for being down south because, hey, right. that's what they do down that's south. That's what they do. It's yeah. all ranch up north is blue cheese. But, you know, we had to embrace him a little bit there, Bill's Mafia style with that answer. So he got no, it right. I legit name dropped you with my 14-year-old. So if those that are listening are very aware of my 14-year-old McKenna who loves the Bills, she's in the car with me yesterday. And she goes, did you hear that Isaiah McKenzie said in a press conference that he would stay here for candy? And I was like, I did. And I know the guy that asked the question. And she's like, you do? And I was like, yep. That's my guy, Mook. There's just something about the way you ask questions, and the mafia loves you and appreciates you, and I do too. Uh, just the insight that you bring and what you, you know, obviously give to us on the on the on the chop up with Jay Spence. You just uh, you just do a great job. Uh, but we are talking uh, best position available versus need, and we're going to get to what everybody wants to talk about, which is running back at number thirty or not. Which way do we go? But I got to ask you this question, and I don't think I sent this to you previous. Uh, are you a BPA guy? Are you a needs guy? Or are you more of what I said, kind of an amalgamation of the two at the end? Where are you at? Where do you fall, BPA needs guy? Well, right now, okay, I got to put my GM hat on right now. Put Even though I'm not the GM, okay? Put it Let on. the record reflect. I'm no bean, okay? <laughs> I'm no bean, all right? But, uh, okay, when you look at the team right now, all right, we done made these splashes. And, you know, once again, I want to go in and I want to pick these guys' brain because mm-hmm. I want to know what these guys are thinking. This is our job to know what these guys are really thinking. What what's the angle? What what are they really going for? So when I got the chance to to, to, to speak with Mr. Bean, um, you know, I had to ask him, dynamic rookie or dynamic veteran. Right. And I got my answer. You know, he more or less go with the veterans night in the arm because of still what's going on with COVID. It's still some uncertainties and some unsures. With mm-hmm. a veteran, he's in your building right now. He's going over steam. He got his playbook. He got he's 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 gone already. You know, what I mean, right. his rookies, they're not even in the building yet. Uh, you know, they still in school. You know, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of things that, you know, you're dealing with, especially when your team is one. Basically, the last season, it was one game away from, you know, the big dance. So um, I kind of got my question. And, you know, veterans, they want to go with veteran guys. And mm-hmm. and when you look at pick 30. Yeah, as I was saying, BPA, you know, you go with the best available player at 30, which with Brandon Bean, that's what he covets. Uh, just, you know, right then and there, taking the best available player. Because when you look at the offense, you look at the defense, there's really nobody that's coming in and starting. You know, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not drafting for a guy to start right now because right. the roster is, you know, everybody's back. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, yeah, you could look at a, a – when you look at 30 right now, it's quality depth piece he's a quality depth piece that's going to be on your team for the next three to four years Hopefully. you know what i mean so now it's the best player available at this point when you look at the the acquisition of matt breeder right now so that was your question at 30 because i know everybody was talking about Najee harris you had travis Etienne. Um, you know, don't, don't get ahead are, of me. Don't get ahead of me. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you know, I can get a little bit ahead. Come on, we, 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 we right got to tease right him a little now, bit. It's all about the best 
available player, Joe. BPA. But what are you? Where are you at? Are you are you a BPA guy? Because we see different teams take take different approaches. We see some teams reach consistently. Raiders for a speed guy. If a guy's running a four three six, the Raiders are going after him wherever he is, no matter how good or bad he is. And other teams seem to kind of like you know Bill Bel- Belichick seems to fall into that BPA standpoint, and it hasn't worked out for him either. Like. The Patriots have not been a good drafting football team outside of linebacker, right? Linebacker, edge rusher, True. wide receiver has been awful, like True. bad. True, but you got to look at that best available player at a scheme fit too. You can't just True. take this best available player just because he's fast and you right. can't do anything else in your scheme. You right. know what I mean? So you got to take a best Unless you're the Raiders. Player. <laughs> Unless right. you're the Raiders. Right. Unless you're the Raiders. Speed, 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 speed. No matter what, we can make this right. game for them, right? Right, um, right. But you want to draft the best available player according to the scheme that your defense in, the scheme that your offense is in. Now, me, if a, if the Bills are going to take a guy and he's right now, he's like, let's say he's, he's a speed guy. He's, he's just fast. Mm-hmm. then the Bills have something particular and more specific for that guy that fits mm-hmm. his strong suit within their scheme. They're not just going to take the guy because he's 4 two, five. Right, right. You know, right. Got, he, is he a scheme fit still? Yeah. You know, at 4 two, five, is this guy still a scheme fit for us? Yeah. You know, so you got to look at best available player at a scheme fit need more or less than a positional need because, I mean, do the Bills really – there are some needs, but it's not really a a need where we need a guy to come in and be an immediate impact right now. Maybe situational, a situational guy that could be an impact situationally, but right, someone right. that's going to come in and, and be like a Stefan Dix type. Prime example. Prime right. example. They traded their first round pick last year. So it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's no starter that they were looking for to come in at 22 last year. That right. was going to be immediate impact. Right. So you take that first round pick, you bring a veteran guy in. That's right. And look at the results when which you bring a veteran guy in. That's more valuable than that pick 22 that the Bills had. And yeah. then furthermore, we're looking to be in the playoffs anyway. So we're going to be picking in the back end of the first round for years to come. That's so right. nine times out of 10, that would be your best available player. It, uh, it it cannot be understated either, in my opinion, that, that when you talk about the Bills board and the best player available, they're not looking at just metrics, whether it's scheme fit or culture fit, maturity, like mm-hmm. personality. There's a lot that's going into what Brandon Bean and even Sean McDermott, we've seen them chase guys out of the building as far as like if somebody just <clears throat> gets out of line momentarily, they just run them out of the building. The Bills have been so for everybody watching, you're, you're you're watching, tuned into, and listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Uh, and I'm sitting here with Mookie Hawkins, uh, the Bills beat reporter from WUFO t- uh, Sports 1080. Uh, like and subscribe, whatever uh, platform you're on. Real quick, the Bills have been active this offseason, but not quite the way we probably had thought they would be. And what I mean by that is, you know, every year we go into the offseason and we expect free agency to open and the Bills to make huge splashes and like bring in a whole bunch of free agents and sign them. But they didn't. They resigned their own. Of the guys that we resigned, real quick, just quick, like who, who was the biggest surprise? Who were you like when the, when the resign happened? You were like, whoa, was it, didn't see that one coming. Well, Milano was the biggest surprise. Without a doubt. Milano Anything. was the biggest surprise. I mean, when you look at it, like, okay, his market value was at 14 per. So when you look at that and, and guys know what their market value is, they want to maximize their market value. But once again, you know, we had to ask Milano, you know, when you took that contract, we talking family dollar discount, baby. Right, like right, right. 24, 
uh, guaranteed, you know, four years, 41, you know, but nine times out of 10, he's going to see every bit of that 41. Yeah, for sure. But for that type of contract, for his market value, speaks a lot about, uh, you know, the character of Matt Milano, because I didn't see that coming. And nine times out of 10, guys won't do that. They don't do that. Name... Nobody's ever done that. I can't name it. So that so that was surprising for me that he he took that deal with that type of deal, knowing what his market value was, and that you know, and that prompted my question again with Isaiah McKenzie because he kind of did the same thing. He he took a one point one million dollar deal, only three hundred and fifty guaranteed, and I know that he could have got more, you know, on the market. But once again, it's continuity, it's familiarity a shot at a, a contender team. You don't want to go nowhere after you didn't build this program from the bottom to the top and you leave that program to go somewhere because they're going to play you the highest money. But, you know, the culture isn't the same. Uh, you know, you got to make new friends. And, you know, sometimes guys can be die scared to even try to take that leap of faith. Stick right. to what you know. And, you know, they trust the process. So right. by them trusting that process, they bought into the system. They love the culture. And they want to see the thing through. And that's was the biggest surprise with Milano. And that that, that triggered a lot. Because now yeah. you see that the Bills are being a standard of the league on how you handle things organizationally. You start to see it. You look at Miami and how they're doing things. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to probably figure out how the Bills did this because they're doing this. And, 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 I mean, this is unbelievable what the front office has been able to do with this franchise in such a short period of time. Yeah, let's let's be honest. Most sports journalists are not fans. I know you are. I'm not a sports journalist. I'm a fan. But most of the time, I, like I've talked to other sports journalists, even in Buffalo, and I've asked them how they felt about certain games and certain things that happened even this season. The fact that we won, you know, 13 games in the regular season, 15 games total. And they're like, you know what? I'm kind of disconnected from it. I'm writing my report. Like in the fourth quarter, I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. To hear Mike Greenberg, of all people, who is a Jets fan, like he lives and dies by the Jets, for him to come out and say a division rival, they've got the best front office and they're doing it better than everybody else is doing it. Like they're just they're just doing it better than everybody else is doing it. Like it's it's incredible just to just to see hear what people just around the league and other you know obviously front office execs, uh, sports journalists, and all these guys are saying about it's just wildest dreams land man i've been saying it for an entire year we are just living in wildest dreams land real quick um few of us that were content creators i think you and i actually talked about it maybe offline once before the qb2 was a very very serious position in need obviously biggest surprise free agency wise signing free agents was that mitchell trubisky deal where from that standpoint have you ever studied have you done any study since then of mitchell trubisky fit as far people people are comparing him to josh allen i don't to me, there's an aspect of like he's not Josh Allen. If he was Josh Allen, he's not signing for two point five million dollars a year as a backup. Like, like it's not what he's doing. Like he, so is he athletic? Yes. Can he throw the football? Yes. How do you see his fit if he has to? If he has to go in for four games, clearly we're better better shape than Matt Barkley. But thoughts on Mitchell Drabisky? Great pickup. It was a great pickup. Um, when you look at it, when you look at Sean McDermott, when you look at Brandon Bean, now. This is the they they only been a general manager one time. They only been a head coach one time. They haven't been a head coach or general manager anywhere else. Right, right. All right. So, you know, they're gonna bump their head on certain things. But one thing I can say about those two guys, they are quick learners. Mm. All right. They do not make the same mistakes twice. And you know, they're learning. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. even how they handled Josh Allen's first year, you know, with the quote unquote the quarterback competition. That wasn't good, but they realized that. Right. Um, even with 
right now, when you look at um, the situation up front, when you talk about when in the, in the, in the exit presser, he said, if I would have knew how this was going to turn out, things would have been a lot different. Mm-hmm. I went that went crazy in free agency. So that's leading me to believe maybe Jordan Phillips probably would have got that contract mm-hmm. or Shaq Lawson would have got that contract than opposed to what the route that the Bills took on bringing in Quentin Jefferson and, 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 and the rest of those guys. You know, so he's learning from that. Um, another thing that they're learning from, um, they took Jake Crown because he was the best available right. player at that's that right. point in time at a need at a need at quarterback. You know, uh, Matt Barkley, one year left on his deal. Let's try to bring another guy in here, see if he fit our system, see if he, is, 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 he, is, he, is he a culture fit for us. Uh, so you get Jake Crown, and, and Jake Crown, don't get me wrong, he's, he's, very, he's a very polished quarterback. You know, he's, he's polished. Um, he's good. He's, he's, he's going to be a guy that's going to be prepared in the event. If something did happen to Josh, he's a pocket passer. So he's going to understand that from that sense. You know what right. I'm saying? So they got the best available player at that point. Now moving forward and learning and thinking now, like, mm. hey, Josh, you know, he does scrambles a more, bit more than, you know, your average quarterback. Mm-hmm. So we got to get, you know, that same type of guy. He, Trubisky makes the offensive scheme still dynamic scheme. You know, other than if Josh go down, you got Barkley in, which, you know, he's one-dimensional from. He's one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh is a dynamic player. Trubisky has those type of traits in him. He doesn't have the size. The arm isn't as big as, you know, Allen is. But he's just good enough to make the system still flow without no type of setback. You know what I mean? We don't have to – I don't have to dumb down my offensive scheme now because of the quarterback. Right. right? I can still be mobile with my RPO, my zone read. And, you know, effective in my passing game because I have an athletic quarterback to back Josh Allen up and my playbook, you know, can stay the same. I don't have yeah. to vanilla down my playbook now because I do have a dynamic quarterback that's mobile and he do has a, he has a solid arm. I mean, come on, man. He yeah, was number two overall for a reason. Yeah. He yeah. just went to the wrong team. You know, yeah, it wasn't the team fit in Chicago. He's got some arm talent for sure. And he might not have everything that Josh has going on upstairs, but who knows what is going to come of it spending a year with Josh. We saw what Josh being in the room with, you know, uh, Matt Barkley and with uh, Derek Anderson and some of these older vet guys did for Josh. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network uh, with my guy, Mookie Hawkins from WUFO Sports 1080. We're going to take some questions from Mookie here shortly, so stick around, uh, which is a little bit different. I haven't been doing that, but I, I elicited some feedback from the viewers on this show I just reached out to some folks that I love that are always in here, some regulars. And I was like, how can I make this thing better? And they're like, what if you stuck around long enough just to take questions from the guest? I was like, that's actually a really good idea. So we're going to stick around a little bit after this. But uh, we're going to get to what everybody's here for, which is the draft. So with most of the big splashes and free agency done, clearly I don't see the bills going out. There's a lot of guys out there still that they're going to bring in for next to nothing peanuts. Right now, though, where do you see our team needs? When we talk about best player available versus needs, 30 and you know, on down the line, where do you see our team needs uh, as a team as we as we look forward to the draft? The draft being, what is it, May? No, April 28th, right? The draft is April 20th or 29th? 29th to the 1st. 29th to the 1st. So what, what, do you, what are our biggest needs right now? When you look at this roster right now, um, the biggest need um, is a cornerback. Yeah. When you look at all the holes that the Bills have filled in free agency right now, 
All right. Um, you look at okay, the Bills before before free agency began, you needed Feliciano mm -hmm. and Wims. Okay, so line was important there at that yep. point. Yep. Um, running back, you know, it was still uncertainty at the running back. We have Breeder now. So what's the common denominator? Linebacker. We signed Matt Milano, uh, but I still feel that we do need more linebackers still. Um, so but one thing that hasn't changed is the cornerback. Now the Bills did everything. You know, you know, as far as bringing a guy in in those positions, but they haven't brought in another corner. Mm -hmm. So that's leading me to believe that they're going to get a run and make for Trey White in this draft. You know, that's, that's good insight that we have not. I've not heard anybody talk about that. I've not heard anybody talk about. And obviously, we've got some time yet still before the draft, but we have not heard anybody talk about what you just said. That is great insight. The fact that the Bills obviously had a need at RB one. They went and got Matt Breida. Who knows if he's an RB one? He's clearly probably going to be better than the two guys that we have just from a from a fit standpoint. They haven't they haven't looked at anybody like they brought in a wide receiver. They haven't looked at anybody at cornerback. So that, that almost points in the direction of that might be an arrow like that's where they're going. That's and when you look at the dynamics of it, OK, this is McDermott's fourth year, right? Yep. So things yep. kind of like revisit themselves over those mm -hmm. guys. Now, those draft picks now are in their second contract. Sure, sure. So you look at it. You say, you know what? That worked for us. Okay, so how about do the same draft the same way? The same exact way, you know? You, you had Trey White. You had mm -hmm. Deion Donkins. You had Matt Milano. So guess what? The next four years, those guys are going to be up there in age. So those next group of guys will be four-year veterans trying to work on a second deal. So that's why I figured. I was like, maybe the Bills, maybe, you know, it's a pattern on how he does stuff. Yeah, There's yeah. always a method to everybody's madness. Oh, yeah. So I'll figure out, like maybe this is the fourth year. So you go get you another cornerback to match for Davis. You go get your quality depth lineman. You go get you a linebacker that could play alongside uh, Matt Milano. And one thing we have not saw yet was Coach McDermott actually find his hybrid guy. He was the one that kind of invented that position yep. in Carolina. You know, Keekly. with Keekly and, 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 and Thomas Davis yep. and, and, and and Shaq Thompson, these guys were safeties converted into linebackers. So that's something that McDermott created. So he has not really went after that hybrid guy. And there's so many of them in the draft uh, mm. this year. So um, edge rusher is, is definitely a need because we got to get after the quarterback on third down. And, you know, we all saw what Jason Uwe did at Penn State. And, you know, I had a good opportunity to speak with him as well. I spoke with Divine Diablo, wow. Virginia Tech, nice. uh, another hybrid guy. So, um, yeah, cornerback, pass rusher, and then I would say linebacker. I, yeah. I still think it's going to be different. When you look at what Coach McDermott said in this presser, size and speed size and speed so i'm thinking that okay they're going to go get a big fast corner which they are some in this draft and you know they're going to get somebody that can you know rush that passer and you know those are two elements that they need you know right now uh you're definitely going to need linebackers to cover not just matt milano now because you got patriots with two tight end sets uh you know so you're going to have to bring in more than you know just matt milano to have that issue we lost the afc championship game with Milano on the field, right. trying to check Travis Kelty. So that's letting me know that we still need more at that position. Because if he goes down again, who do we have? We already experienced that again. You know, AJ Klein played 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 awesome. You know, but he still struggles in coverage. 
Um, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, he he struggles in coverage. Yep. Let's be let's 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 keep everything on one or hundred right now. They struggle in coverage. So sure. we need a complete cover guy, whether that's going to be a, a, a safety converted into a wheel linebacker or, you know, you're going to have to find one a linebacker, that a true linebacker that can cover a, yeah. a true natural Sam that can cover and support the run. Tremaine Edmonds strikes me as a guy because he's still so stinking young. He just strikes me as a like a baby giraffe or a baby horse, whether you know they're they're whole, like their body's just out of control. Like yeah. and at some point in time, he's going to be mature and have grown into whoever it is that he's going to be, and like probably dominate. So there's just a matter of patience that we need. Uh, we're going to get into what you know what people want to know, and the question is this: We're on the board. We're on the clock. We're staring down number 30. We haven't moved up or down, right? One of the big three is there. I don't care which one. Najee Harris, ETN, Javante Williams. One of the three are there. They take one of them. What are your first thoughts? It better be Najee Harris if they take him. <laughs> Not all three of them are there. One of the three is there. So so you've got different opinions varied upon them. So like Najee, you're all in on. Yeah. Okay. I'm what about on, e well, 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 but you got to look at it like. They got Breida now, so that 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 took my assumption away. When you know, right, they, that, when that's they, what I'm asking. They you. Breida, that took my assumption away. That's that's what I'm asking you. So we are on the clock. Everything is exactly the way that it that it is. We've got Breida because I've got a follow up. You saw it. I sent it to you. Like we've got Matt Breida. One of those three guys is is up. So if Najee's there, you're taking him. You don't pass him up. No, I'm, e I got. I I can't take Najee right now. Etn. I can't take Etn right now. So oh, you're not taking him, or what about Javante Williams? Neither. So you're like literally. So if the Bills go, Bills go running back at thirty. You're mad at this point. You're like, why would you do that? If the Bills go thirty at running back, somebody's getting traded. What? What? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if he's the best player on the board? Now he goes down the best player on the board at that at that situational need. See, that's this is so on on Wednesday on the Humpty Hotline. Uh, so Jay Spence and I, which you are super good friends with Jay Spence. Obviously, the three of us are boys. Jay Spence and I are going to like go up against if there is such a thing. Bruce Nolan on Wednesday in the Humpty Hotline, because Bruce wants to bring his arguments to why you never draft a running back at 30 or higher in the first round, whatever. But to me, what I said was if your entire roster is balanced, you're bringing back 21 of 22 guys. And the 22nd guy that you let go, you have brought in somebody better in Emmanuel Sanders than John. And we all love John Brown. It's not, this isn't a John Brown diss. Emmanuel Sanders is a better wide receiver. If you've got that luxury and the best player on the board is a running back, what's the difference if you take a running back, if he's the best player, or a tight end, if he's the best? I mean, clearly the Bills have a little bit of a needed tight end, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if he's the BPA, don't you, when you're balanced, don't you take him? Yeah, but you don't take him just to take him now. I mean, you don't take him just to take him. Now, if you take him, or I'm going to take him, and I might use him as trade bait. Right. You know, but what am I taking him for? If I, you know, if, if I'm taking him, then, like I said, some something's going to happen in that running back room. Somebody's not going to be there. If, That's if the question. If you take a running back at 30 right now that they had breathed in. Now, has they been looking to get better at the running back position? Yes, they have. During the course of the season, they was trying to go after Le'Veon Bell. I thought that they would try to reach back out again, knowing that Le'Veon will be a free agent at some point. Right. Um, but, you know, that hasn't happened. So, you know, the Bills are not going to wait, and rightfully right. so, because, I mean, they're one of the top dogs. They don't have to wait. You know what I mean? Breida wanted to come here and, you know, and experience this culture. 
on a one-year trial, uh, a scheme fit because he's a zone runner. Um, you know, that's something that's that, a scheme fit in your eyes because this offensive line sucks at playing zone. They can't play the wide zone. Well, you don't think they're going back to pin and pull? I think they're going back to pin and pull. Well, we have to see. We have to see. I think they're going to stick with this because when they brought Stefan Diggs and they changed the dynamics of yeah. the scheme, the, 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 the scheme changed drastically when Stefan right. Diggs came. Right. Right. You know, remember, Josh Allen was supposed to be a game manager. He was not supposed to be this elite gunslinger. He was just <laughs> going to be a game manager. We're going to slow roll him. We're going to, you know, use our run game and then we're right. going to use Josh to do some run action and yada, yada, yada. Stephon Diggs came and changed the whole dynamics of the offense. It, it, it goes in the air. So now you have to coincide a run balance with that, which right. is more spread, RPO, zone action type of deal. Bills, the years previous, was a power runs right. uh, team. <clears throat> That's where Singletary fits the mold. You know, I, I got to play. It went zone. I got to play devil's advocate just for a minute. I find it hard to believe, and this is just, I'm not, so don't don't get me wrong, and Bill's Mafia that are, that are listening, don't get me wrong. I just find it hard to believe that on Tuesday of last week, <laughs> had we all had a conversation this, or last week we had this conversation, I don't think you and I are having this show last week, Sunday night, going, Matt Breida, just go get Matt Breida. Problem solved. And all of a sudden, we get Matt Breida, and like all of the people that are smarter than me, you're one of them. Greg Thompson, Bruce Nolan, all you guys. Like, uh, you guys are all legit smarter than me when it comes to X's and O's. And everybody's like, problem solved. Well, why wasn't anybody pining for Matt Breida a week ago? Now, all of a sudden, the problem solved. But a week ago, everybody, the, the argument was there's nobody out there. So we're going to go run it back at 30. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was, he was, he was a long shot. He was like kind of like a dark horse coming to Buffalo because you still, you got to look at it like, like, do players still want to come to Buffalo? Oh, After yeah. After all that what happened this year with the Bills and what's been going on, do players really still want to come to Buffalo? So, you know, you get that. You know, um, we appreciate Le'Veon and, and J.J. Watt for, you know, letting, <laughs> letting the whole world know that, you know, Bills are one of my top choices. And, you know, that hasn't happened in a long time for the Bills right. even to be mentioned in right. the limelight of, you know, the top players in the league like that. Right. So, you know, then you got Matt Breedy here. You got Emmanuel Sanders here. Guys that came from different places that are here now that's going to love this culture. And one thing before I, I don't mean to jump back off. You're Trubisky, good. Trubisky, he's going to resign in Buffalo. Right. Come on. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out. No He's going to resign in Buffalo. Wow. Hot if take. He on the He's going to resign in <laughs> Buffalo. Right. Dude, write it down. It was it was spoken into existence on the Overreaction Sports Podcast right here on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast right. Network. But if you have to, if you have to take one Dojo Thirty right now, if I had to take a player, I'm taking Uwe. If <sighs> Uwe's there, if Uwe's there at thirty, I would like to trade back. I kind of feel that the Bills could trade back just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Fourth round pick. I, 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 you have to wait till my next mock draft come out. Yeah, uh, yeah. It'd be out tomorrow, actually. But yeah, I, I'm predicting the trade. I think the Bills are going to be the Bills always trade in the draft. You know, when you look yeah, at this yeah. new regime, they've always traded for the most part. Yeah, beans so, active. You know, look for a trade to happen. But if it's not, I think it's Uwe because you can't teach four three. Right. You can't teach I, four three. Is there a guy there? So the Bills took Tredavious White at twenty seven. And Tredavious White is a generational, not a generational talent, but he's a franchise corner. Is there, I mean, what are the chances of another one of those guys being there, another Tredavious White being there at 30? Um, 
Yeah, there's definitely guys that's going to be available. There's going to be guys that's available in the second. You know. I didn't say guys. There's going to be cornerbacks available all the way to round seven. I said Tredavious White, like franchise corner. Like, Nah, I can't say that. Yeah. Not too many of them. I mean, you know, they're going to be gone at that point by pick 30. Um, yeah. But you still got Tyson Campbell. You still got Eric Stokes. You still got a Fidi Melifonwu. Uh, you know, you still have guys out there, Sante Samuel, Jr. You're still going to be guys to, to pick from. That could be that solid number two. Our franchise is there. Mm. But to have two franchise number ones, it's a luxury. But I don't think that is no Tredavious White, you know, that's going to be in this year's draft like that. You, you, you said something interesting a second ago about guys wanting to come to Buffalo. And I think it needs to be cemented in the heads of the mafia because we've been told over the last 17 years that Buffalo is Siberia. And we all know that that's not true. And I, I give Rich Eisen crap all the time on Twitter because there was the one Monday night game or Sunday night game. Uh, and like the NFL network comes on and he's like, here we are in frigid Buffalo, New York. And it was like 42 or 39 degrees outside. And I immediately was texting him or like, or tweeting him. I was like, bro, right now it's 32 in Chicago. It's 29 in Boston. Like it's like colder everywhere than Buffalo. And you just said frigid. Like, why are you carrying this narrative? But so yeah, it, it I, I'm holding. So I've got a grudge as, as it pertains to that. But but to get it out of the collective mafia mind, not only did Mitch Trubisky sign here for peanuts, right? But like literally, Matt Milano took a hometown discount. Matt Milano was like, uh, I want to stay here. Uh, you've got Isaiah McKenzie who wanted to sign for candy. Levi Wallace told his his agent, "Don't even call anybody back. I'm not going anywhere. Don't counter. Like whatever they offer me, I'm taking. Like." The narrative has changed as it pertains to wanting to play in Buffalo. It's just different. Like this is where people want to be. And I think we as the mafia need to like, let that go. Right. We need to let that whole, nobody wants to play in Buffalo thing. Go. We just seem to just. Which is that, that stigma for a long time though, Joe. Right. It's, right. I mean, it's just been that stigma. I, I, I coach Corey Graham. Now, if I don't know if you know Corey. Oh Graham, yeah. Oh yeah. I love Corey Graham. Graham. Corey Graham won me my first little league championship in 1998. That's awesome. All right. So here he is, has his great career, go to the pros, Super Bowls and all that stuff. But, you know, when the Bills brought him here, brought him home, you know, he told me, he was like, man, everybody think that, you know, they, they, this is what they say about the Bills. The Bills is like the NFL minor league team. They get you ready for the pros. Right, right. You know, because when you did look at it, you look at our guys, we draft them, but we was never signing them. And then go somewhere else and win the Super Bowl. So we was the NFL minor league club. We mm -hmm. did get those guys ready for the pros their first four years. And then they go sign big money somewhere else and then become who, who they Robert, are. Robert Woods. Yeah, right. I mean, the list, <laughs> Marshall Lynch. Long list. <laughs> Yep. Long list. We only want to go there. We ain't, we ain't got enough time in the show to even talk no. about that list. <laughs> but yeah, that was the 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 culture until yeah. a guy named Sean McDermott came and changed that culture. Yeah. When you got guys, look at Levi Wallace. He's born in Arizona. You look at McKenzie and Milano. They're Florida guys. Mm -hmm. Don't you think they would rather go back and play somewhere where it's warm? Even Micah High said it. Like ah, Buffalo. I'm gonna go somewhere where it's warm. He's well, from he was Ohio. in Green Bay. He was in you Green Bay. I mean? Green Bay's colder in Buffalo. They chose. To, I, I, hey, you come here to work, no matter where you are. You yeah. go to the beach in your off day or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? But you're here to work, and that's and that's the symbol of Buffalo, man. Hard worker, you know, atmosphere, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and, man, we love football. You know what I mean? We, we work hard, and we love football, man. The, great, the, the greatest difference to me 
um, through the 17 year year drought and, and McDermott changed it. And I argue with people all the time, even still as a fan, as a season ticket holder that want a dome. And it's like, these players don't give a crap about a dome. Well, they, they get cold and it's like, they don't get cold. Like we live in this weather when it's, when it's 19 degrees outside and then it goes to 40, we all like are breaking out the flip-flops, right? And when it's 29 degrees outside or 32 degrees outside and it's been 32 for a month, we're not cold. You bring somebody up here from South Beach, they're freezing. Like it, like it's not the same for us because we live in it. And they're like, but they're not from here. They're from Florida. It's like you live here for three months. If you're here from August, September, October, November, when December comes around, you're kind of used to it. Like, I don't care what the temperature is outside. I'm wearing a hoodie. I don't wear snow jackets. Do you wear snow jackets? No. No. Like, so. hey, it's 27 degrees outside. Where's my hoodie? Right? I mean, it's like, I'm, I I don't know. It's, I'm just so over a lot of this, this conversation as far as that goes. But back on topic, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Mookie Hawkins, uh, the Bills beat reporter for WUFO Sports 1080. And uh, it's just a pleasure having you. But this is the question. And you, like, it's funny because you teased it. And I told you to stop, like, 20 minutes ago. If by chance, some chance, we take one of those guys, they're sitting there at 30, ETN, Najee Harris, Javante Williams. It doesn't, whichever one. We've got Brita. The Bills find themselves picking one of those guys. Clearly, we're not keeping all four of those guys. And you said a trade's going to have to happen. DS, Devin Singletary, Zemo, Brita. Which one's going? Um, I mean, we have to look at it. Um, Brita's not going anywhere. They just signed him. Um, Zach Moss. He just got drafted to the team, and he was that zone run guy that they drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, they needed a zone run guy. So they right, drafted right. Zach Moss. So yeah, our guy right now is Devin Singleton. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I love the guy. You know, but this, this, this boils down to the business portion. If, if, the, if you had to decide on, on that, I mean, right now he, he's. I don't want to say he's looking like the eyeball out, but you know, just to answer to, to answer the question. You know, that would probably be the more political answer. <laughs> he's, he's probably would be the most coveted player. I don't know that Zach Moss, as much as we love him because he's a Buffalo Bill and he says things like, I want to make guys make business decisions. I think Devin Singletary probably has the most valuable value in a trade, right? He's the guy that would be more coveted. Like, hey, one of our guys is up. It seems like teams are going to call about Devin Singletary. Like if a guy, if if the, the freaking Titans, for instance, the, Devin Singletary would be an amazing fit behind Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Like... He fits their scheme. Like I said, right. Devin Singletary is a power run style of back. When they brought right. Stefan Diggs and you've seen, you've seen, you know, the skill set, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. But I mean, he only, he had 690 yards this year. He had 775 yards his rookie season, you know? So we look at that like, well, damn, he, he had a great rookie year. Do you call mm. this a sophomore slump or because of, because of the scheme fit or whatever the case may be. But when you look at the, you know, the situation, yeah, he does have a lot of trade value more than Zach because, first of all, Zach has come off an injury. He has no trade value. Right. So, you know, Devin Singletary would be that guy you would probably potentially shop around if the Bills were to draft a running back at 30. Yeah, it just doesn't seem – as much as I want it, if one of those guys is there, it just doesn't seem likely. Yeah, just, the breeder, the breeder just took just just took that assessment away. Now, you know, hey, I, I, once again, I'm, I'm no Brandon Bean. I'm no Sean McDermott. Right, right, right. I don't know what these guys thinking. I, I, I try to to get a feel 
you know, for what these guys are thinking and then, you know, make my opinion on it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it works out nine times out of 10. It do sometimes it don't, but. Is there a, uh, is there a position in this draft that the mafia is not thinking about that we have a position to need in your opinion? Like, Hey, they're like I said earlier, like QB two was a position that I was like pounding the table for a lot for a long time. And the mafia was like, what, why we don't need it. We got Matt Barkley. And I'm like, he is not going to cut it. If Josh Allen gets hurt, we're in trouble. Is there another one of those positions that we're not thinking about position to need? Tight end. Tight end. Yeah. Tight end, and I want to see a hybrid safety. I want to see McDermott bring his safety in here. We got mm. the best duo, but you know, and Dean Marlowe's solid, but he's a free agent. He hasn't resigned. Yep. Hasn't resigned. So we need another safety. We definitely need some some we need we need guys on the back end. If you're looking at that Kansas City game and just listen to what Coach McDermott was saying, we need guys that's gonna check those guys. We can't beat those guys with the guys that we have right now. Yeah, right? yeah. So we need guys that's going to be able to check a Tyreek Hill. We need a, a guy with cheetah speed out there that's going to hang around with Tyreek Hill. All right. So, you know, we need that guy. We need a tight end that's going to be a little bit more dynamic than than Dawson Knox. But year three, watch Dawson. Yeah. The, watch Dawson this year coming up. All right. Yeah. Bill's Mafia, just watch Dawson this year. But yeah. the Bills will draft a tight end. When you look at that, they ain't bring a veteran tight end here. They wanted, mm-hmm. they wanted, well, mm-hmm. they got, we got, we got Hollister. We got we got we got Josh guy. Josh brought his Wyoming crew in here. We got yep, yep, Tanner yep. Gentry and and, yep. and, and, and and Jacob there. But I still think that the Bills are going to still pick another tight end. Uh, someone preferably with a blocking standpoint. I know we still got Tommy Tutap, but you know we don't not sure what he's going to do coming off a of, uh, COVID there. And that's your blocking guy. But tight end, and I want to see uh, the Bills get a, a hybrid safety. Yeah, we uh, we're talking with Mookie Hawkins and we're going to we're going to let you guys ask him some questions here in a moment if you've got them. <clears throat> but you brought up the Kansas City game and you have insight that uh, most of the people that I come in contact with don't have because you're <laughs> you're at least if you're not in the locker room, you're in the virtual locker room. Kansas City game. So we would we would have been left to speculate that the uh, <clears throat> that the Buffalo Bills felt that they're head not head coaching their assistant coaches and some other guys were a little bit distracted AFC championship week game right so there's a great deal of like we just got out coached our guys weren't ready that that wasn't that wasn't the best game the Buffalo Bills put in the field against in that AFC championship game we would have been left basically just assuming that that was what it was and that was the narrative and like hey this is what we think and Leslie was busy like working on interviews Brian Dable was busy working on interviews had this not happened which was that the ownership come out and go like hey we want to propose a new rule and that rule is, is that no coaches, assistant or otherwise, or front office guys can interview with another team until after, oddly enough, the AFC championship game. Where where, are you, where do you land on that? Do you think that those coaches were distracted? Uh, I mean, in the Bills' eyes, they had to be. You know, for, for them to come out and propose that, it had to be right? it had, oh. it had, it had to bring some sort of distraction to it for them to 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 openly propose that. The, right. the worst thing that happened is that it went public, in my opinion, because it literally was like, oh, my God, like they think that their coach, their their assistants were distracted and their team wasn't ready because of it. Right. Right. I mean, when you when I pay you to do a job and you tell me, well, I couldn't do this because I was on the phone with Chicago. They got thinking about bringing me to be there. I'm looking at you like, why are you talking to them right now? Anyway, I need you to do this job for this game this week. I need you to get our guys prepared. For this team, why is you on the phone with Chicago right now? So I would understand that. Yeah, even if it was one time, one time is too many when you're preparing for an AFC championship. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's valuable time. I could be talking with, you know, my receivers or my linebackers or 
or something or just having even that, that coach's conversation because yeah. they didn't seem like I don't know what was going on that game. They can't. They just didn't seem themselves. Um, they did get out to that lead, but it just seemed like they wasn't their usual self. You know, freaking, freaking kiss know. of death. Nine yeah, nothing. Not, nine nothing was about. Nine I, nothing on a missed extra point is the kiss of death. It's the kiss of death in the NFL. If you get the nine nothing on a missed extra point, it's like you lose. It's just I don't know what it is. I couldn't, even, I couldn't do the pressure at the end. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it. I'm telling you. you like know, I'm out. I didn't ask no questions after that game. I was dive steaming. You know what I mean? Now, okay. Hey, I'm a Bills fan. I'm born and raised here. Okay. Love it. I, you know, a Love lot it. of the journalists around here, they're not. You know what I mean? But yep. hey, you know, I, I'm a Bills fan. I'm born and raised here. I've been a Bills fan since birth. All right. So, right. you know, I'm going to try to be as biased as, as I can. But at the end of the day, that's my squad. So what? You know, I mean, you. you know, if I was doing this for the Raiders, it'd probably be a little bit more different as far as the questions I'm gonna ask. But <laughs> probably not. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm a Bills fan. I'm sorry, America. I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> <laughs> Last question that I have for you, and then we're gonna move off uh, into some uh, some uh, fan questions, some mafia questions. What can you tell me as the only member of the Corey Bohorquez fan club, uh, the only guy that owns a jersey, as far as I know, but I, I, I didn't buy it on my own like volition. Like I literally got, I lost a bet with Jay Spence, so I had to buy it. It's pretty clear he does, it, at least the rumors that we're hearing, he does not want to be in Buffalo. And the Bills know it, that he doesn't want to be here. So what's going on in that situation? Well, it goes down to the same thing we talked about earlier. When, when a guy understands his market value, he mm -hmm. wants that market value. Some guys chooses to go different routes, like Matt and Isaiah. You know, they didn't care about the market value because they was the 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 continuity and the familiarity were more valuable for that one year than trying to go somewhere else and and start over again. You know, it's easy for us to say, but it's kind of it's, it's it's hard for you to start over again, especially when you didn't finally got it. You know, you it finally clicked. Right. You have success with it, and okay, they, they don't have the money available that you know you want right now. Right. But who's to say? I mean, they 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 signed this, and I, the Bills will have more than enough money come next season to re-sign all of those guys. So you know, like I said, Trubisky, Isaiah McKenzie. You know, the, one thing I can say about the Bills, they look at that loyalty aspect and they reward that. So. Mm -hmm. Come next year, if McKenzie do what he's supposed to do, he's going to have an extension. We won't right. have to worry about that. Josh is right. going to get his. Tremaine's got his coming up. But for right. Horquez, he wanted his market value. They they wasn't on the same page as far as you know contracts, and the Bills moved on quickly from that. Obviously, gotcha. you can see with the with the Matt Hawker uh, you know acquisition. So you know now Horquez doesn't have a job right now. Right. Because you wanted to get top dollar. <laughs> you wanted to get more bang for your buck. Now you're on the street. Now? Are you happy? Now you're on the street. And ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Brought to you by the Market Dominator. Thank you guys so much. On behalf of me, Joe Miller, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And my guest, my special guest, Mookie Hawkins. Mookie, give me a go, Bills. Let's go, Bills. Let's go, go Bills. We'll see you guys next time. Love you all.